Today on The Masked Man Show with very special guest Stack Guy Greg, we're going to preview WWE Survivor Series. We're going to talk about the canning of Zelina Vega. We're going to figure out who took out John Moxley. And then we have a very special interview with WWE icon and legend Lillian Garcia. That's at the end of the show. Stick around for that. All that and so much more is coming up right now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We have a very special guest. Actually, we should start off with a little bit of a reality check. The, the guy who's usually uh, on the other uh, other line with me, Kaz, Kazim, he's got the COVID. And that's yeah. a real thing. For everybody listening out there that doesn't think COVID's real, well, just stop subscribing. I mean, honestly, don't don't listen to this podcast. I think I think we're pro- we've probably ditched all them by now anyway. But anyway, COVID is real. Kaz is recovering. He's going to be back in full force soon. But as a special guest this week, I have none other than the stat guy. Greg Hyde, how you doing, man? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. It's, it's impossible to fill Kaz's shoes, so I won't even try. Lower the bar a little bit if you want to enjoy this week's. <laughs> no, no, every, you, you set the bar, man. No. Um, I set it on a, the floor. Yeah, <laughs> you set it on the floor. I'll pick it up later. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, we got a big week, uh, a big show this week, because we're going to talk about, we're going to preview Survivor Series. Um, we're going to talk... A little bit about AEW. There was a, a secret attacker, and I always love secret attacker angles. And, of course, WWE released Zelina Vega this week, and that whole thing is blown up. We're going to talk about all that. But first, let's right off the bat, let's get right into it. Survivor Series 2020 this Sunday, the only Ooh. time in the year, except some other times, where Raw and SmackDown talents uh, go head-to-head. This is actually a pretty cool card this year. But, of course, the big thing we got to talk about right off the bat is the champion versus champion match. Uh, Drew McIntyre, your new Raw WWE champion, taking on Roman Reigns, SmackDown's champ. They're the universal champ, I guess. Well, here we go. Let's just let's just get into the meta of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What, Greg, were you shocked that Drew took the belt back on Monday night on Raw? I was. I shouldn't have been because, what, for the past three years, the WWE title changed hands. This specific title changed hands going right into Survivor Series, right? Yeah. It was first, it was gender lost to AJ mm-hmm. about a week out. Then uh, AJ lost to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And now we have Drew Drew lost to, to Randy I mean, Orton. Randy Orton lost to Drew, excuse me. Well, listen, 
there's a couple of things that are, I mean, because I think I talked about this with Kaz a little bit. Both of those moves were Brock Lesnar related. Both of, even though, I mean, not that Brock had heat with the other dude or whatever, but Brock was kind of calling his shots. It beat a Brock AJ match had a lot more. I mean, and it all, it's not, even if it's not Brock, it's the people in the office saying, we've only got 10 more matches with Brock till the end, and then he's going to retire or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the hypothetical number is. So you put him in there with AJ, and then the next year it's not going to be AJ again. You put him in there with Daniel Bryan. These are, I mean, and, and we know Brock was involved in all this. Now, there's no Brock this year, but even if there's going to be a move, and it makes sense for that there would be, you know, that they're tweaking these things, and there's a lot of other, there's a lot of, there's a lot more moving parts when you're going into a Survivor Series. But it, but to me, I guess, the Randy Orton winning at Hell in the Cell, that felt like the move. That felt like the last minute change because I didn't think he was going to win. And it kind of, I had talked myself into, well, Randy can take a loss from Roman Reigns, and maybe they're just trying to protect Drew or some. You know, I thought that was the surprise, and and I did too. And I felt the same way that Randy Orton. First of all, I, I built this whole storyline in my head about you know them fighting not just for the the brand supremacy and who has the superior title, but like the family legacies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Is a is a third generation superstar better than a second generation superstar? Are the Ortons <laughs> better than the you know what I mean? Is yeah. the whole thing. And now we're gonna get Roman Drew, which is not bad. It's not even disappointing. It's just a it's just a different, a completely different story that they tell. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if they were just trying to like spice things up, trying to get excited. If it if it really was, on the other hand, maybe it was a last minute decision, or if you know, I mean, I think that there's, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you could read this as just kind of trying to, you know, let just affect tweak tweak Drew's reign, uh, you know, before we get back into arenas or before things kind of get back to normal, without it just being like kind of a boring straight line. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a I'm excited. There's also this feeling that, I, I mean, whatever they're doing with Sheamus and Drew is incredibly interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Just because they're playing with our basic conceptions of heels and faces not liking each other and, you know, these guys have a history. The, Drew coming out with this big entrance on Monday Night Raw. Well, it was that like was, a mania entrance. That might have been his mania entrance. I mean, I don't know. We, we didn't get a mania. And I'm sure they might have just said, oh, let's save the kilt for, you know, for the next time we have a big live show. And now they're like, is that ever going to happen? But who knows? I mean, it was a really cool entrance. That at that point, you're like, well, okay. Friday night when he appeared on SmackDown to mess with Roman Reigns, that probably was the first time you were like, oh wait, are they putting the title on Drew? Right. And then, and then Monday night when he comes out with the sword and the killed, you're like, okay, they're probably putting the title on Drew, or at least well, they're. Go well, ahead. No, Monday when when Sheamus gave him like the kilt and the sword, I'm like, oh, Sheamus is going to cost him the opportunity. Oh, there you go. And then that didn't happen, and I'm just like, like you said, they just. <laughs> They take these little steps that play with what we think is going to happen because we've seen most of it before in wrestling, and then they just go the other way with it. Yeah, I mean, there's there if if all this was deliberate, there's a sort of genius to it, right? I mean, but I I always when I were when I would do the um, the Westworld podcast, I used to I, I think I probably talked about it in this show too, but but I used to say like one of the, the 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 thing that like the real tension in Westworld is not really deliberate. It's like when you read a novel, there's this concept of like the unreliable narrator, right? Like if there's a narrator that won't tell you, I mean, that you can't tell if he's or she's being honest or being fully forthcoming. And that creates a tension. With Westworld, it was like the unreliability of the showrunner where you never were sure, <laughs> you never were sure if what you were perceiving was what you were supposed to be perceiving, you know, or if it was just a mistake or like a whatever, you're just looking at the, looking at the wrong thing. 
Right. And there's some of that in WWE too, right? Where it's like, I don't know if this is a brilliant story. I just don't know. But I'm sort of, you know, I mean, it might just be a lot of accidents smushed together and now you're, you know, kind of wrapped up in it. But I'm excited. So, I mean, you could tell from my voice. So <laughs> we're finally going to get this. And one, one more thing on Seamus. We all, everybody knows that you cannot make the gift wrapping of a gift more impressive than the gift. That chest that he had to kill yeah. him was way cooler than the kilt. I know yeah. the kilt has some history, but come on. Don't give somebody like a chest that you like unearthed from the bottom of the sea, like a, you know. And then, <laughs> should but should like at a, least spend some gold coins in it or yeah, something. I know, don't put like a pair of pants and like a really awesome treasure chest. Anyway, so we're going to get Drew versus versus Roman Reigns. I mean, and, and this sort of is a perfect payoff to everything they've done so far because I can talk myself into either direction with this match. I mean, I think the easiest pick, if you're going to pick a winner, is some sort of non-finish, you know, yeah. that we get we get whoever, you know, that Bray Wyatt appears. I mean, he's like just sort of the control of the answer. But what do you think? Who do, who do you think is going to win if it's a clean finish? And then do you have another idea of what's going to happen? If it's a clean finish, I think it it might be Drew, right? Because Roman Roman's the bad guy. Roman Roman doesn't need a clean win anymore. He doesn't need he doesn't even need the win. He can he can lose like by like DQ maybe, which isn't clean, but you know, it, it, there couldn't be a situation where Roman can lose and now just solidifies his status as like the big bad of of all of WWE, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Not just, not just uh SmackDown. I mean, I, I would, I would pick non-finish and of course they can do whatever they want. My only thing is like, if you got, I mean, obviously these guys have fought before, um, but we have a, a new and improved Drew McIntyre and a totally different Roman Reigns at this point. Uh. I feel like if it, if it's an, if, if they do, if, if they give us a good match, which I think they will, and then it somehow doesn't have a clean finish. I feel like that there's no storylines coming out of you know if Bray Wyatt comes in and kidnaps Drew McIntyre or if like the Usos interfere for one side or the other you know whatever the next storylines are for each of these guys even if it's like the most brilliant schmaz double inter, double uh, run in of all time I feel like the reaction is going to be okay but when do I get Roman Drew again right like the, like isn't that going to be what we're all waiting for no matter what the storylines they spin out of it. <laughs> yeah, which it benefits them to hold the title though, because then we know like it won't be for a while. Yeah, yeah, and they and then part of and maybe part of the storyline is just holding on to it to get to get back to a rematch. I don't know, man. I'm really excited about it. These guys have good chemistry. I mean, Drew's best opponents. Uh, I mean, Drew can do anything, right? And Roman and Roman, obviously, we've been over this a million times. Roman has is is a very skilled guy in the ring with any type of performer too, high flyer, like a big hoss guy, mm -hmm. put in with anybody. But Drew's big. I, th I always feel like Drew is best. Like my favorite Drew matches in WWE are with Seth. I feel like Drew's best with with highly skilled people who work in the WWE style, right? That he kind of like like he's not. He grew like, up in that style, honestly, yeah. too. So it's like so. I mean, he can he can work with Ricochet, and it's going to be great. But he but like he's he's perfectly built for like whatever WWE wants to do, you know. And I think that he and Roman have the potential to just tear the house down. Yeah. And they have too, like you said, like they, they, they know each other. They've been in the ring together. Yeah. And it's always fun when you have a rematch where the, where both parties have switched sides, but like unrelated to each other. Right. So we yeah. got like a face turn and a heel turn and like, but like, it doesn't really like it's, it's, it's the same two guys kind of locking horns. Anyway, my pick, my pick, if it's, if it's a clean finish is Roman. 
but I, I think that they'll do something. I feel like they'll. I feel like this is going to be a. They're going to schmoz it up somehow. Yeah, if it's a clean finish, I'm definitely going to go Drew. Um, but I agree. I'm, I'm picking the schmoz. But if it's a clean finish, I'm going to go Drew. All right. Then we got. Uh, I'm just going to run on down the the list here. Oscar versus Sasha Banks. Uh, we where we have. I mean. Again, with all of these champion versus champion matches, with the exception of, I guess, Lashley and Sami Zayn have been doing a pretty good job of feuding with each other, at least on Twitter, right? Like, that seems like the main beef that either of them have at this point. But most everybody else has got a feud on their home, you know, waiting at home when they get done with this big show. So my my, my feeling is that Sasha's just got all the momentum and heat right now. But the only thing, my only hesitation saying Sasha's going to win, again, if this is a clean finish, is that... Bailey's winning the wings. Well, yeah. I mean, no, not that. That's a good one. No, but I, just that people just, they just decide to put over Asuka when I least expect it. And, the, and every other wrestler, <laughs> everybody else in the locker room is like really excited to put over Asuka, right? I mean, it's like whenever, whenever there's like... If, if if someone goes to Sasha and they say, "What do you want to do?" She'll probably say, "Let's put Oscar over," and I can I can get my heat back. You know, I mean, it's like that's it's always a wild card with Oscar. Um, but I but my pick has got to be Sasha Banks. Same. I I mean, you know, I feel like SmackDown is poised to just sweep most take most of these uh SmackDown versus Raw matches. So I'm I'm gonna go Sasha because, like you said, she has all the momentum going in, and Oscar. It feels like like you said, they put over Oscar when we least expect it. But they also, like, I don't want to say bury her because she hasn't been buried yet. Like, she manages to get all her heat back with a well-timed win. But they pile on the losses. I mean, she's, she's getting her, her L's back from NXT in spades on the main roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, so this could be just another one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and everything sort of outside of the normal... I mean, everything outside of the ring it would point you towards Sasha too, right? She's got this TV show thing. I mean, she's got that, you know, she's got the the crossover stuff. She's also, you know, they just sort of, well, last week Meltzer ID'd that Sasha and Bailey were like far and away, like the, the ratings champions of the coronavirus era. You know, I mean, everybody's, all eyes are on her. She's new. She's, you know, the face, of, one of the faces of SmackDown now. I mean, it's, 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 um, everything would point you in that direction. So I think Sasha's, where I'm going to go. But, but again, it's, you know, you never know with these matches. Um, and, and they're going to, and who knows if they get their day off and they're like, yeah, Roman Reigns is going to win. And then like an hour before showtime, Vince is like, no, nah, I want Drew to win. Then that changes everything else too, because mm-hmm. they, because the balance of the wins and losses might be more important to whoever's making the decisions than actually who wins and loses, you know, whatever. So anyway, uh, next up, we got uh, the new day versus the street profits, which is, I mean, I don't know if this is like the wrestling nerd pick for match of the night, but I can't. I've, I, I'm so excited for this match, but I've never seen wrestling fans more sort of irrationally excited for a match than for this match. I mean, not irrationally. We know it's going to be good, but this you know, isn't like a five year feud. This isn't something we've been fantasy booking our whole lives. You know, this is like, but people just, we always really, really want to see Kofi and Xavier go against the Street Profits. Yeah, because as much as wrestling fans want to see like a five year build and like a story and all of that, we will also take a one night only awesome match, <laughs> no matter how soon you throw it together. You know, you think about that Finn AJ from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. People still talk about. And it was what, two days before they decided they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to pull the trigger on it. So this feels like that. Just one of those matches where like, you know, that these two teams can work 
you know, they're going to work well together. You just want to see what they do. I want there to be some gimmick where like, there's some sort of like, not that, not a ladder match exactly, but although it would be good to see, cool to see these guys in the ladder match and just have like, and just have, uh, Montez and Kofi like just see who could just jump straight from the turnbuckle to grab the belt just forget <laughs> yeah. the ladder just like see who can like go the highest in this match <laughs> and probably um, Montez too yeah. <laughs> not for nothing he has he has hops man uh, okay. it's really it's cool it's cool and I mean and it's nice to see it's nice to see that the Profits get in this position too of just like being so warmly welcomed into a match of this scale you know I mean obviously the, the New Day has been holding it down for a long time but I mean they, it, it's going to be so much fun. It's just going to uh, be so much fun watching the New Day on Raw this week. Oh man, I, with the Hurt business. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, it was a really, really good match. It was a really good match, and it was. I think, but I think what got me most excited was I felt like, I don't know, it felt like a new New Day. You know, I mean, it felt like they were like, you know, the the their, their finisher was fresh. Like everything they were doing in the ring, I know they had they've had those fresh outfits for a bit, but like that, I don't know. It's there's just something about it where it just seemed like just Kingston and Woods to just the two of them. It just it just it's it seems like there's just a there's a newness to it, no pun intended. And I'm really excited to see just to, just to see them in this position. Now I'm very excited to see more of the Hurt Business or the the tag team unit of the Hurt Business uh, when we get back to reality after the Sunday too. Yeah, is it is it a stretch to call the New Day sort of the underdogs in this in this match? No joke, man. When I was watching against the Hurt Business, it sort of felt. I mean, there is a there is a big size difference between Shelton and e- either member of the New Day, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, th- that you don't realize. Like yeah. Shelton, you think of as like the small guy. Even when when you talk about his era of like OVW guys with mm-hmm. Batista and Cena and Brock, and it's like Shelton can't team with Brock and like stand next to him is like oh no he is like quietly <laughs> a huge dude I remember when I saw him years ago saw him and and Charlie Haas in ROH there I guess they I think they were feuding with the Briscoes or somebody but like they came oh, to the Kings ring. of Wrestling right yeah no no this is after way after Kings of Wrestling uh but but it, but it was not way after after Kings of Wrestling I think it was the Briscoes I forget uh, Cedric was around then too uh, with Caprice Coleman, but but they um, but man, watching watching uh, Shelton and, and Haas come out and they were like flipping off the crowd and doing their all like you know WWE shtick, but um, or like we're from WWE, we're not from here shtick. And but Shelton at that that was the first time where I was like, oh yeah, he is like a legit giant because he was just a foot and a half taller than everybody in Ring of Honor. You know? I mean, he's just so big. <laughs> anyway, now all those guys in Ring of Honor are your mainstays on WWE, so. Uh, all that goes to say, um, he's big, and I'm excited to see, and 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 I'm excited to see them as a tag team. But more importantly, who do you think is going to win, New Day versus uh, Street Profits? Street Profits, man, like they got all the momentum; they're hot right now. And again, New Day doesn't need it. New Day is still the New Day, no matter how the wins and losses look yeah. at this point. And nobody's losing the championship. I think that's the big thing. Well, and it doesn't hurt the New Day. I mean, you can say losses don't hurt. It doesn't hurt the New Day to play underdog back on raw either. You know, all they all you have to do to get a win back is you don't have to get a win back against the profits. If they just beat the, the hurt business or whoever they have the next pay-per-view match against, then right. they get then they're, they're fine. Um so yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Street profits. And also it's like it, I mean, looking back, how cool is it that they that they gave us the tease on draft night and then we're just like now nah, we're not going to have you fight. We're just going to have you swap belts. 
And everybody, <laughs> yeah. was, and everybody was like, oh, that's a, why don't you have a fight? This is wrestling. It's like, well, this is why. This is one time when WWE is actually not giving you the match on Raw and, uh, and, and made you wait for it. And we're, now we're all excited for it. So I'm, that's going to be incredible. And that's also one where, like, I don't even know. I mean, honestly, I don't. Do you know? I mean, I, I have no idea if these guys are friends in real life. It certainly seems like they're friends the few times they've interacted. And obviously, knowing some of them a little bit, you'd think they'd be crazy if they weren't. Uh, I mean, they're all good people. So, yeah, be, I mean, it, I can't it imagine. It feels like they might be, but I'm with, I have no idea. I'm just uh, purely speculating. But, but it this, this just, just, this does feel like a sort of, you know, a moment where the new day might be really excited to to help the profits get over. Anyway, moving on. I mentioned it before. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. This is, I think, this is the match I'm most excited for. It might Same. be. It might be 90 seconds long. I don't. I have no idea. I mean, this this really could just be Bobby Lashley like power slam and full Nelson and see you later. I see. I think the opposite. Right. I think Sami Zayn. Is going to outsmart Bobby Lashley. I mean, oh yeah, I think it's definitely possible. What, but what, what is it? How are you booking this? But see, I, how I actually get there, I don't know because Sammy has managed to just the way he's done it has been so slick every time. Like from handcuffing Jeff Hardy's earlobe to a ladder to keep him out of the ladder match, to handcuffing himself to AJ. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh-huh. then handcuffing AJ to the ladder. It's like. You know, you hear that phrase, it's just chess, not checkers, and so-and-so is playing 4D chess. And if that's true of anyone, it's true of Sami Zayn. It's how he got the championship. It's how he's managed to keep the championship. And even though the championship is not on the line, you know, this has become a point of pride for him, like beating Bobby Lashley. So he's not sleeping on this match. He's going to come up with something. Like, he tied Apollo Crews to the underside of the ring. To win by count out. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to come up with something and he doesn't care if it's a count out victory, a pinfall, a submission, whatever. He's going to find a way to get the W. Um, I believe in Sami Zayn. Because you're right, Bobby Lashley can overpower him. But Sami is kayfabe, the smartest wrestler in WWE. Bobby cannot outthink him. Even with the other three members of the Hurt Business coming together to scheme something up, can't be done. I'm going with Sammy. Can we can we not just reunite the artist collective for one night to take on the hurt business? Like, wouldn't that be a would Would anybody say no to that? Just bring no. Cesaro and Nakamura in there and just have them go with the with the hurt business. I mean, that would be so much fun. Um, maybe we'll save that for another pay per view. That the 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 move that Sami Zayn pulled on Apollo Cruz this week was my go to. Well, I think in just about every wrestling video game, but definitely like the the earliest days of <laughs> yeah. pro wrestling on the Nintendo Entertainment System where you'd play with like Fighter Hayabusa or whatever, like the one way you could beat the dudes that got really hard um, was by get, taking the match outside the ring and then just exploiting their idiocy mm-hmm. by jumping back into the last second. It's a Drag great move. them all the way to the back of the arena and run back. <laughs> uh, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, listen, I... I would go if I were booking this match. I would do. I would love to. I mean, I think you got to drag it out. It'd be fun if this got some time. I would go. I would go. Sami Zayn with the Huluva kick to start the match, and then have Bobby either like shrug it off or just do it like, you know, one of those like power press pin escapes where he just tosses Sami Zayn out of the ring and then just restart it from there. Like give us a big start, and then let us and then slowly work into whatever Sami Zayn's master plan is. You know, just like let him. 
Maybe he does. Maybe he does what you're just talking about. Maybe we. Maybe the. Maybe the move is just to get as far away from the ring as possible and just exploit what we saw him do mm-hmm. on SmackDown. You know, but have it not work every time. You know, just be like, you got to show Sami Zayn being having a master plan, and that's what's so cool is that we finally have a heel that. Well, he is sort of a chicken shit heel in some ways, but he's he's confident with his own genius, and that's that's really cool. And it works out for him too. Like it's not one of these things where. The heel says he has a plan and it goes to execute his plan and it goes wrong. Like, no, his plans, his plans work. And when they don't work, he has a backup plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you execute right there? Wait, are you picking Zayn in this match? Yes, I'm going with Sami Zayn for this match. I mean, I would, I, I want so desperately Sami Zayn to win. I think this really feels like one where whoever, you know, our cartoon per, version of Vince McMahon would just look at the, you know, the windsheet in the back and just be like, what do you mean? Bobby Lashley can't lose to that guy. And then that would just be the end. But we'll see. <laughs> it's also possible. Uh, my vote is Bobby Lashley for that very reason. But I feel like I got to, I got to, <laughs> I'm not that's, just trying to go against you. Um, that's right. the strongest reason to pick Bobby Lashley right there. <laughs> we got to go, we got to go with, uh, we got to go to the, the, the big traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. On the women's side, we have on Team Raw, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce, which, by the way, I mean, it's a little bit of run in circles, but I've enjoyed what they're doing on the Raw for, with those, with that crew on the Raw team. Obviously, focus on Nia Jax and Lana and, and, and Baszler about as much as I've enjoyed any non championship women's division booking WWE's done in forever. I mean, it's they like at least they're having fun with it, right? I mean, they're like yeah. doing something sort of interesting. And then Team SmackDown is. Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and two members TBD. We'll uh, find out tonight, right? Hopefully, because what it's, it's, it's either tonight or Sunday. Yeah, no, no. I think I think we'll I think we'll find something out. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people to to, to choose from on that in that SmackDown division. Um, Bailey has to be one of them, right? Yeah, for sure. Who are the sure. stars? No, I just think it's funny that you're going that you're doing the TBD on the show that only has like six people in the division. You know, I mean, it's like it's not it's it's you know. It, it maybe underlines something you don't want to focus on, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm enjoying. Uh, I enjoy the little Liv Morgan Ruby Riot stuff they have going on. Like I said, the Raw team has so much more sort of interest within it, but it feels this feels a lot to me like Lana somehow gets her revenge on Jackson Baszler, or you know they they use that they use that little thing as an excuse. To just make this the you know Bianca Belair show and and uh, and have her bring the win home for SmackDown. That's that's a that's more specific than I needed to be. But I'm going with Team SmackDown on this one. I'm going with Team Raw for not the opposite reason, but like you said, I do think that this is going to be some type of showcase for Lana, and I think that somehow, some way, she is going to be the sole survivor on that Raw team. And then probably mm-hmm. get put through a table again, but <laughs> she's gonna have the win. Oh, uh, that would be really funny. Um, would they put Carmella in this match? Is that what the, is that? Would that be the other slot? Bailey and Carmella, maybe. I mean, that would put a lot of star power or whatever you know, relative star power onto the end of that match, which would be kind of interesting. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's it's to be determined. So, like the worst, the worst, the worst job to have or best, depending on you know how lazy you feel is to be the person feuding with the champion leading up to 
the Survivor Series because you're just like you you have one of the top spots in the company, but also you just get the night off on a pay per view. Like <laughs> it's I don't on pause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then okay, so on the men's Survivor Series match, Team Raw, which has just been again like the comedy booking has just been like incredible. AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Okay, I just, this is the first time I've seen Riddle without a first name on Wikipedia. So, yeah. shouts to WWE's editorial staff versus uh, SmackDown's Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and another TBD. Would they dare have that TBD be the Undertaker? Oh my God. It would be really weird if the Undertaker's last appearance or one of his last appearances were like, just there to remind us that he's a SmackDown guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, remember when he opened his coat that one time? You, what, what was it? And he had the American flag? What, like, what was oh, that? The t-shirt. <laughs> that, was, that was on the shirt. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, if he just, like, came to the ring and, like, full Undertaker entrance and everybody's going excited and he just, like, opened his, his duster to reveal a giant SmackDown logo, like, that might be, that might be worse than having him... You know, we're having him job to to who uh, pick your guy. We're having him job to to uh, you know King Corbin on the way out the door. That that would be interesting, and that would be a, that would be a good spot for him. He doesn't have to work too much. He can like hang out on the apron, come in, hit some spots. Nobody would look bad for eating for losing on the raw side, right? If he came in and did that, the AJ Styles synchronicity would be incredible. Hmm. Um. AJ's AJ's bodyguard, what's his name? Jordan is Jordan, the, yeah. is I'm I don't know if he'd be involved at all, but Jordan is would one million percent be the guy the Undertaker was feuding with if this was 15 years ago. So uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that'd be funny or not, just have the Undertaker stare him down and just be like, nah, I'm not there anymore. Um so yeah, I mean, it would be. I mean, just for just so. I mean, I would be excited to see the Undertaker back, but solely for seeing AJ's face when the Undertaker came back, that would maybe be the biggest moment of my life. I think I I, I worked myself into a shoot, so now I'm going to go SmackDown men's. <laughs> it's going to end up being Otis, and we're both just going to be really sad that we've had this conversation at all. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'll take that too. <laughs> uh, it was fun while it lasted. What do you think they're doing with the Undertaker? Do you think he's, do you think we're going to, I mean, he's retired. You, we texted a little bit about, uh, his appearance in people magazine. Yeah. Next to the tallest stack of pancakes I've ever seen. You, like no, actually it's shorter than, the Rock, than, than, than Dwayne, the rock Johnson stack of pancakes. Whenever he is the pancakes, they're like 45 feet tall. But, but yeah, the undertaker's making bacon and pancakes for his kid and Michelle McCool in people magazine. Uh, is were you, were you offended by this? Not offended, but I just think it's hilarious that he's he's done more press in the this year, not even the full year, just like since Mania, I guess you would say, than he's done ever. This one year, he's done more than the rest of his career combined. Yeah, I mean, listen, he was he was uh, he was holding back, and usually it doesn't work out. You know, usually once you do one or two things cats out of the bag nobody's that interested he's on cameo right now one thousand dollars and there's only eight cameos left i believe the goal was 30 am i wrong about that so that means if, if i'm correct yeah 30 30 personalized videos so 22 people have uh have paid a thousand dollars to get the undertaker to do a cameo 
Oh my god! If someone gave you an Undertaker cameo as a gift, but you got to choose what it, what what he said, what would you have the Undertaker say to you in your cameo? I would just have him burying Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan <laughs> for like, however long the cameo is. Would you ask him to shoot on them, or you're like, no, here's a script of things I want you to say about Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan? No, yeah, here's a script, and this is what I want you to say about Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's amazing. He was bearing Shawn Michaels the other day in some interview. I mean, old Shawn Michaels. Oh, what was it? Oh, when Shawn was, was, he thought Shawn might not drop the belt to Austin. He was like, I was waiting in the locker room with my fist taped, just saying, like, if he doesn't do it, I'm just going to beat the shit out. <laughs> oh, man. Which was a real possibility in, in 98, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess anything can happen. Once you, once you let a guy know that it's okay to just not drop a belt when you don't want to, once, once we're in that moment, uh, but, but specifically that guy though, right? Because oh, yeah. like he decided that he didn't want to drop the tag titles forfeit mm-hmm. intercontinental title forfeited that I think twice WWE title. He forfeited every title that he had mm-hmm. and the ones that he didn't forfeit. He lost to another member of the clique until yeah. Austin. Which yeah. is which is absurd that he then with Triple H <laughs> that they were the guys that were like, what? Who says you don't do business? Like who who is he? Like <laughs> in what world? Like the same world that the guy next to you has been living <laughs> for the past five years or so. But I digress. No, that's the kind of digressions that we want. I love that. It's no, like, it's true. But also, it's like a virus, right? Everybody passes the selfishness around, and I mean, everybody like likes to talk about how like the the the, the rules of wrestling, the the virtues of the you know whatever, and and then you know when it actually comes down to it, it's all a it's all an ego trip, right? I mean, yeah. that's the best wrestlers of all time. Or I mean, Ric Flair pulled that shit back in the day, like all the time, and every and every and he's a god, you know. I mean, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, we all know that he would never. I mean, Hulk Hogan, you know, came out of retirement to make sure nobody got his spot. Yeah, I mean, it's like Hogan's. They all did it, even the ones we love, and that's probably why they got there. You know, yeah. um, I mean, Dusty Rhodes is one of the all-time greats. Just booked himself into the the championship match whenever he thought it sounded fun. You know, I mean, it's 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 a normal thing, man. So respect the hustle, and uh, we can we can also you know choose to shit on them whenever they do something bad too um where were we how did we even oh could would they put undertaker in that spot well do you wait do you think he's gonna wrestle again at all or are we done i think he has to right like i would be this is not this little send off in the media and the victory lap and, and you know appearances and people magazine and, and the view or you know oprah he wasn't with the view or oprah but you know wherever else he goes that's not the way you do this Mm-hmm. He comes back, and then he ends up in a feud, preferably with the fiend, something we can all sink our teeth into. <laughs> and then he goes out flat on his back, maybe in a casket, hell, maybe in a flaming casket, whatever, just something fitting. Wait, up the, the Undertaker, Undertaker gets put in the flaming casket. <laughs> yeah, right. something befitting the character, and then we never see him again, unless he decides he wants to do like one of these major interviews. I mean, it would be cool to just do a super, super, like a fun match, but then with a super heavily produced ending, you know, where he goes into a casket and it's set on fire and like Kane and the ghost of Paul Bearer are there, like force ghosts and like, you know, I mean, just like, just, yeah. infall- just do the whole thing up. They can afford the Paul Bearer hologram. 
I said on the, I, I texted you guys that that uh, that the only the only good the only possible vindication of that Undertaker in People magazine photo shoot would be if it is a fiend if it does lead to a fiend feud and we have fiend versus Undertaker and then separately we have like Firefly Funhouse Brave versus Undertaker cooking pancakes like we, like <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul uh, uh, Mean Mark Callis cooking pancakes like that would be that that's that's the only way that thing could be, could be validated in my eyes. Um, but it would be fun. It would be fun to see him do one last thing. And the one thing I noticed from that stupid People magazine, and it's every time we see him now, but the the one thing that stood out to me, that jumped out to me from that People magazine photo is that he's there in a kitchen, and obviously it's stage, but he's with his wife, he's with their daughter. Like, it's a regular dude hanging out at home. He's, like, kind of in shape, kind of out of shape. He kind of looks his age, but he still has that ridiculous two foot long black ponytail coming out the back of his hat. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, and the, come on. No, but the only reason, I mean, we've seen we've seen him shave his head before. The only reason I think that guy would have hair is if he's holding out hope, holding out still has plans to to cut it off. I mean, I mean to come back before he cuts it off, right? To come back to do one more match. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not two feet long, though, and that's definitely some weave in there. But uh, I'm just saying, why do you even have it unless you're going to wrestle again? Anyway. No, it's true. There's two. He has to come back. He has to come back. There's no, no. He's not allowed to just. And I don't think we're. I mean, listen. I, WWE needs all the help they can get with ratings and stuff like that. And I don't mean that as a knock, but they still have. I mean, the poster for this pay per view was the Undertaker, and I don't think we're in quite the postmodern wrestling world where you can just have your the only focus of a giant show be a guy who's not going to wrestle but maybe yeah maybe we've had some Vince McMahon evil Vince McMahon posters in the in the past I don't where I don't think he was in the ring but but, but we'll see anyway that survivor series wait do we get it do we get it fine okay what's your pick for raw versus smackdown oh we we both talked ourselves into smackdown yeah i'm going smackdown i just think that they i just think they have a lot I just think Raw's got nothing to lose. I think all the feuds are in the the feuds that are going to spill out of this are just so easy, and they're much, so much better if they if it starts with a loss, right? I mean, it could go either way, but that that's my guess. Um, all right, let's. We got to move on. We're going to talk about Zelina Vega getting let go, and then we'll talk about AEW. So we all kind of got shocked. Was it last weekend that we that WWE tweeted out the future best of luck and future endeavors to to Zelina Vega? Uh, one of the real, truly most surprising things outside of the ring that I've heard in a while. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for it, but I mean, if you want to get real basic about it, like her husband works for SmackDown. She just got traded. They just got traded together to a different show. You know I mean? They, uh, it just seems like an unlikely person to get the boot. And then you, you get the feeling it's all connected to this the stuff with uh with you know third party social media shit and it turned out that was true but it was really hard to find the through line at first what was your reaction when you heard that she got future endeavored so i mean right before i saw the wwe tweet i saw the her tweet that said i support immunization and then i sort of conspiracy theorist myself into like you know this had to have something to do with like you said the third party stuff with whether it was Twitch or OnlyFans, so like this had to have something to do with that because she's super talented and she's not somebody that you just let go on a Friday night because unless something something big is happening 
behind the scenes that that we don't see mm -hmm. or aren't privy to. So I I think it may have been related to that. And there's still I don't think there has still been any official confirmation about whether it was a third party platforming thing. But I mean I know since then she's met with like people from SAG AFTRA, and she's she's making moves. I don't we'll see what the what those moves end up being eventually. But um, she's she's definitely acting on her support of unionization as she tweeted out. So uh, I think Meltzer has confirmed and others have confirmed that it was the Twitch thing, you know, that, that led to her sort of getting fired or, or asking, you know, kind of making a last stand. Meltzer, I think also said the only fan thing was the last resort. Uh, and then, and then subsequently Meltzer reported that she was told that she was fired by Mark Carano and she asked to talk to Vince McMahon and Carano said Vince doesn't want to talk to you and she was ex escorted from the building. Um, what? Yeah. Like she was at the at SmackDown when she found out. Um, Damn. And then she reported, I mean, then she sent out the, the union tweet and then, you know, they formally sent out the you're fired tweet. You know, it's a, it's, it's kind of wild, right? I mean, she, she's, the reports are she made more money this year from Twitch than she made from WWE, which isn't impossible to believe because she's probably on a pretty basic WWE deal. The way you make money on Twitch is a little bit, there's a little bit of hocus pocus to it, but it's definitely possible when you look at her subscriptions, even though they're not all, so a lot of them are gift subscriptions. I'm not going to go into that. You can Google and figure out how Twitch works. It's not, is not that particularly interesting, but it's a little bit of just because you made that amount of money your first year doesn't mean that's set, that's money you're going to make for the rest of your life by any means. Um, but she did, but it's definitely possible that she made more money from Twitch this year than she did from WWE. I mean, just barely or whatever. And you could definitely, I mean, listen, if you were doing something for a year or longer and making, making that much money from it and your boss was like, no, you can't do that anymore. And you right. would just be like, okay, then you're, are you giving me that money? Like explain to me how this works, especially <coughs> when, you know, you're a le legally an independent contractor. And even um, worse too, like you've been doing it making a hundred percent of the profits or taking a hundred percent of the profits, I should say. And then your boss is like, you can't do it anymore. And if you want to, we'll take 70%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. I don't understand this thing at all. And I've been, and I, and I, I've not talked to anybody at WWE. I don't know. I don't have any inside info. It feels really weird to me. It feels like, it feels like the first half, the first, the first piece of a story. Like I don't, I just don't understand. It's either the most short-sighted, bonkers thing, especially when, like, this is the. There's only upside to this. You take away the money, and there's only upside to wrestlers being out there on Twitch and other accounts. You know, just like drumming up publicity, like getting yeah. popular, getting whatever. Like I don't know what the downside could possibly be. And I said this before. If you want to, if you want to argue that it's a kayfabe issue, then okay, like that's fine. But WWE doesn't give a fuck about kayfabe. The only no. way this makes sense is a craven money decision that is not going to make any sense because it's just about money, or that it's like I said, the beginning of something. Like this feels like I don't have any inside information. This feels like the kind of shit you pull when you're about to, you know take your company public or try to sell it. Like, it's just like crazy shit that, you, that, I mean, it just seems like really ill-conceived stuff. I don't understand it at all. Yeah. And 
Why in the world would you be in in current year 2020? Would you be risking the the ire of the fucking public, yeah, liberal internet driven public? And why? Why? Why would you make? Why, look, a Democrat just got elected president, according yeah. to some. According to some, no, but a Democrat just got elected president, <laughs> and you're just gonna get out of here, just like let's just let's just put a spotlight on the labor issues that we were going apoplectic because John Oliver talked about them a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Like we're just gonna like make we're just gonna put a bulls a bullseye on our back. Like what do you? It just doesn't make any sense. It, so I just don't. I mean, I guess to me, it's not like like. I'm I'm not more mad now about the WWE's labor situation than I ever have been. It sucks that Zelina Vega got fired because she's one of the like real talented people on the roster. So, um but it but it's but it doesn't I just feel like I don't I just don't understand. I don't understand. And like I'm just like mad that I'm talking about Twitch. Like I have that this has to be like my that this is this is what we talk about as wrestling fans. It's just dumb. Can I put on my tinfoil hat for a second and you Do just made me think please, of something? Please. What if, like you said, we have a a newly elected, according to the liberal news media and their (laughs) liberal bias, we have a newly elected Democratic president, right? Mm -hmm. Who's definitely going to push the liberal agenda. That means workers' rights, all this and that. What if WWE is purposely putting a spotlight on the wrestling industry because he knows they know that if you know they won't be just WWE that these new rules apply to, it'll apply to everybody, and that it'll trickle down in such a way that it hurts their competition and they can take the hit. Okay, well that tinfoil hat is definitely on. <laughs> if they were that smart, man, I would, I would sort of get excited. Because it's like whatever new laws happen it's not going to be just like a wwe only thing they're going to draw like lines of demarcation and obviously wwe is going to be on the other side of the lawn the line and have to like reform and do some things differently but anybody that wants to call themselves their competition is also going to have to make those changes and they're dealing with a brand new aew right now that's on them in terms of ratings and popularity and other things and like what if like what if they just said we're going to push the red button we're gonna go nuclear and then we're gonna like set off these dominoes knowing that we could take the hit and maybe they can't i like where you're going with this i don't think it's true i don't think anything i said was true actually but i do think that that's an incredible <laughs> conspiracy theory i really I, I really like it it but but here's the thing why do conspiracy theories take hold and we can draw this back to your <laughs> Because crazy people like me have podcasts. No, it's because keep... people don't understand. It's because people have because people have legitimate. Well, not always legitimate. People have questions that they can't make sense of in their own head, either because it doesn't make any sense or because they've been led by, you know, uh, certain news net- networks to believe that one thing and then reality intervenes. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But this is one of those things where like this Twitch thing just doesn't make sense. Like I don't get it. Like I get like it like. I just don't get why one you would even go down this rabbit hole or you know go down this path, and then once you did, why when Andrew Yang starts tweeting about it, why you don't like try to just backtrack a little bit at least to save face for five seconds in public? It doesn't make sense. And yeah, so it when you, and so and so conspiracy theories actually help fill in the gaps. You know, like it's the reason why it, I mean, there's so many conspiracy theories about matches in wrestling because it's like we're not privy to what's going on backstage. So you're just sitting there thinking like 
it's like you can't get a song in your head because you don't know how it ends. You know, you're just like it's just spinning around your head nonstop, and and we go crazy. So anyway, kudos to WWE for their good business acumen. That's where I was trying to get with <laughs> yeah. this whole thing. And anyway, and 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 this is not a knock on anybody else. I hope that Zelina Vega or Thea Trinidad, I guess is her real name, and and the way we'll probably know know her going forward. I hope that Thea Trinidad is actually committed to the workers' rights in pro wrestling because she could actually be a really powerful voice in a way that a lot of other ex-talent wouldn't be, you know? Um, and also if the SAG people get involved, I mean, this could be a whole freaking thing. It's kind of an interesting place that we are right now. And again, a thing that they did to themselves. So anyway, uh, good luck to Thea Trinidad. Um, before we get out of here, we got to hit on AEW. AEW had a bunch of stuff I'm really into this week. Will Hobbs, uh, who I was not all the way in on. I'm all the way in on him now. He turned heel and joined Team Taz, and he's wearing torn shirts in his promo photos, and I am I just could not be more excited. Um, there's a bunch of cool stuff going on over there, but the big thing is that Johnny Moxley, well, first of all, is going to be a dad. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations to Mr. Moxley and, and his wife, Renee. Um, I'm as a relatively new dad or the dad of a two-year-old, uh, almost two-year-old, I, it, it's, it's fucking awesome. And I can't wait to see, um, I can't wait to see their kid brought up in a house full of thumbtacks and whatever else they have there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, force. Um, but also then he got, he was supposed to come out for what, a contract signing with, um, yeah. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega. And Ash, everybody's excited for, except he got laid out in the back. We have a surprise Attack, secret attacker in AEW. Um, a lot of rumors floating around. I got to say, I was really gratified. This this reminds me of Westworld too. I was so excited when I read somebody's theory about it until I realized halfway through that they were definitely right. And then I was just like, "Wow!" Now I now I feel like I know who did it because somebody Is it the tarot card theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just one of those things where like you feel it's so cool to feel somebody to see somebody being that smart online right to see just like a fan yeah. like this is what the internet is for that somebody that would like never have even said this out loud before has now changed the course of your understanding of what you're watching mm -hmm. on tv but then they're and, right and you're like okay well now i mean i guess that's all of wrestling we always know what's coming but or a lot of the time but uh but it's maybe it's not maybe they'll change it maybe we're wrong whatever but the theory is that johnny moxley was laid out in such a when, when they found him backstage his legs were in the sort of figure four and it was so clearly deliberate. I think everybody probably knows at the time that it actually matches the posture of the legs in the tarot card for the hangman. Um, so, I mean, draw your own conclusions from that. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it 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 it's a, it started a real interesting story. Starts getting pieced together there. You know, I mean, they've been they've been leaving us breadcrumbs without really showing us where the trail was going for a long time. And it's, I don't know. I'm, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm more excited now. I'm talking myself into it. What's your feeling? No, same. I mean, like little things like that. Because, you know, when you see something like that, that's almost the hook right there. Like, okay, now, now I got to see how they execute this or how they pull this off, if this is the payoff. Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to see, like, if, if it is Hank, that hangman, is now back in the fold as Kenny Omega's henchman. How do they get there? And like, you know, we know why Moxley had to be the first victim. He has that championship that everybody wants, but it's just going to be so, so interesting. Like you said, to, 
as they piece it out. Like, what else is Hangman going to do? What other clues, if it is Hangman, what else is the person going to do? And what are the clues is that person going to leave us to point us in the direction of, hey, it was me all along, Austin. <laughs> you yeah, know? or maybe that's it. Maybe it was, maybe that was this, it's just a misdirect because they, they, they hoped and were right that fans were going to figure it out. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. It'll be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Listen, I guess even if it turns out to be Hangman, well, I'm, I'm excited to see him as sort of a heel or whatever they're going to do. But also, it's, even, if it's, even if it's an obvious thing, I'm excited that they're like telling interesting stories, man. Yeah. Like, did, they, did somebody sat down and they're like, all right, look at this tarot card. Here's what I'm thinking. And then everybody else in the room was like, that's awesome. Yes, let's do it. You know I mean? That's, that's kind of life-affirming it in its, its own all, way. It is awesome. <laughs> um, all right. What else do we need? Is there anything else we need that, that we forgot to talk about this week? I'm sure there's a million things. When you get when it gets to Friday, I mean, just like everything is just it's just a blur. We talked about Johnny Moxley, um, Renee Young. Wait, we Johnny Moxley and what? Renee Young. The, the oh, I think you said and May Young. I was like that. Was, like there's something. Listen, I had... maybe maybe her too. He has yeah. a past. Everybody has a past. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, listen, Greg. Thank you so much for doing this. Yo, thanks for asking. Do you want to what, what, what do you want to plug on the way out the door? Kaz get well soon, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheap Heat Podcast, of course, me and Rosenberg. Uh, we dropped an episode yesterday. We got a bonus episode coming today, our Survivor Series preview. Um at Stat Guy Greg on Twitter, Instagram. That's it. That's all I got. All right, check all that out. But now, everybody get ready. Here's my very special interview with Lillian Garcia. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And I am here now with one of the all-time greats and host of the new WWE Network show, long-standing podcast, but new WWE Network show, Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. Lillian Garcia, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, formally. My my co-host, Kaz, uh, says he loves you and he wishes he was here, but um, he has the coronavirus, apparently. <gasps> no, so. he does not. He really does. He really does. That's, oh, that's the truth. Man. So he's at, he's at home conv- convalescing. I think that's how you say that. Um, well, tell him I hope he feels better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass that along. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about this show. The WWE Network is an exciting place to be always, obviously, but it's got to be an exciting place for you to be sort of coming home to. You've been doing Chasing Glory for a while, but just yeah. for the past, what, how long now? Two weeks? You've been, you've been on the uh, WWE Network, so you're back sort of with the family. How does it feel? Yeah. Can you believe it's already been a month? 
I know. That's a shocker. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, I, I just literally, I was, I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I was telling them, yeah, you know, I've been on for like you know, a week or two. And then I went, wait, no, it's been on for like four weeks. It's crazy. And it's been top 10 and it's been trending every week. And it's been an amazing, you know, just getting received again, being able to come home and the show doing so well. And the fans are just receiving it in such a way that uh, it's just very powerful because of the message that's being sent, you know, through that. We can reach the masses now in a way where before, yeah, you're right. I've been doing this since 2016. So for four years, but now I can get to an audience, you know, the, the magnitude of it that I couldn't get to before. And it just makes me really happy about that. That's great. I mean, and, and you do have a different, it's almost hard for me to put into words how, how your show is different than the other wrestling podcasts that are out there. You obviously have a personal connection. And I know that that's, it sounds sort of, I don't know, trite to say that, but like you have a, a relationship with a lot of the people that you interview that's different than a lot of the other people that they have relationships with and do podcasts with. How would you say that Chasing Glory is different than you know something else that might be on a podcast or WWE Network? Yeah. First of all, we don't call it a wrestling show. So that's the right. difference in that we happen to have wrestlers on the show. Mm -hmm. We have other entertainers and you know, athletes and all. And that's a lot of that is going to come in to 2021. We're going to add a lot of more on that. Um, maybe not necessarily on the network, but in some other places. But I think at first I was thinking maybe it was the relationship that I had with some of these uh, superstars that I worked with. And they were more into willing to be open with me. But then... For example, and I'll, I'll give you this because uh, we usually announce it on Fridays who our next guest is, but my guest for Monday is Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, wow. Very excited about this interview. Oh my God, it's going to blow people away. It really is. I've never met Shotzi, never worked with her, never met her. And yet when you see how open she gets in this interview, uh, you'll, you'll realize that it's not really about my direct relationship with the superstar. But I think it's just the platform that people have gotten to know that Chasing Glory is a safe place to come to. There is absolutely no judgment. We're here to talk about some really difficult things, but it's all in hopes to help everybody out there. And so that people can understand and know that they're not alone, that we all go through struggles in our journey in this life, but you can get through them, especially if we do sit here and talk about some of the difficult things that have happened to us. And that's a Monday's a, a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put into words how, I mean, that's always important for people. I mean, to have that sort of, and I think especially for, I know it's not a wrestling podcast specifically, but for some of the audience that, that we're speaking to today, yeah, um, it's nice to get out of the little snark bubble sometimes, you know, and it's nice, especially to find that sort of connection with people that you, have, you know, grown up with to a large extent Some pe and, and new people too. I've enjoyed every episode of yours that I've listened to. Oh, and, and usually on a different, like I said, it's on a different level. So you mentioned, uh, uh, to just to get away from the podcast for one second, I had, it, it, you, you made yeah. me think of it. You mentioned Shotzi Blackheart. I yes. can only, Lillian Garcia, there's nothing, like I just imagine your voice saying her name coming to the oh. ring as you said it. <laughs> as a wrestling fan, I mean, I gotta say, what, what was your, what was your favorite name to say when you're on the microphone? Or what were your favorite, who were your favorite people to announce coming to the ring? Wow. I mean, I always love to put, you know, a special thing into every single name. 
uh, because I think it's important. I, and that's why I took my job so seriously because I felt like it really sets the tone for the match. And it, you have to, you can't just look at it as, oh, I'm just a ring announcer. No, I am like the host of this thing. I'm introducing it. I'm setting the tone for the match. And it's important to give them that platform because it also, like they would tell me, my God, I'd be in there and you would announce this and I would get goosebumps even before the match. Like the superstars themselves were saying this. And I'm like, that's awesome. I've done my job. It's so important that you feel that because they're, adrenaline is so high. And now, you know, they've got goosebumps. It's only going to make them do even better. Right. (laughs) And the crowd, you know, getting into it. Uh, so I really try to say, you know, just really put a lot of emphasis on the names. And I will say there were some names that were hard and those are the one syllable names like edge or Kane. Those are, are harder, um, to try to make bigger, but (laughs) that's also the challenge in that as well. Right. But I, I do remember, like, when you asked that question, the first name that popped in my head was Triple H. I mean, I just Ooh. used to always love to be like, Triple, just hold that out, right? Age. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, RVD, when he came in, it was fun that we started tag, uh, timing it together, where I would make sure that he was either in the ring or at the bottom of the ring, not just like going through the ropes, but when I said his name so that we, he could be motioning, as I said, RVD or Rob Van Dam. Uh, so that was always fun. And, it, you know, it's so cool is to have the relationship that I had with the superstars where we could cut up in there as well. And there'd be some names that I would say and they'd play around with me. So it was fun. That's fantastic. Well, you mentioned the adrenaline that, that you would create when you would say that what, what, on, on Chasing Glory. Like what, is, what yeah. gives you that, that, that boost? Is it when you like get a great answer, ask a good question? Like what, is there anything that's parallel to that? Oh, absolutely. Chasing glory. That's why I've done it for so many years now for four years, you know, and, and a lot of the, the story of chasing glory too, had so many struggles, so many obstacles, but what kept me going is that every time I would finish an interview, I'm always so compelled by the story that the superstar has to share. Everyone has such a different journey and I got to know them in such a different way. And I was like, man, I mean, the nuggets of lessons that I would take from it or the, the term, determination, the inspiration. That's, that's why the tagline is real raw inspiring because it really is inspiring. By the end, you're like, all right, if this person went through this, this, and this, and they've made it, I can do it in my life. You know? and, and that's the way that it helped me too. Uh, so that's, that's why Chasing Glory has been so special. It's funny because... Obviously, you when you were announcing, you know, announcing people, calling them, bringing them, bringing them to the ring, you sort of are part of the storytelling process, like you said, right? I mean, it sort of gets everybody's, ang- I mean, you know, g- yeah. gets the energy up and whatever. Now you're, I mean, doing the show for a couple of years now. When you talk to WWE superstars, you're really part of the storytelling process too, because their real life is as much a part of their on-screen life as it's ever been, right? I mean, like knowing mm-hmm. what someone's gone through makes fans care about them more. I mean, do you feel like you're part of that? I love the way you phrased that. That's beautifully said. And that's exactly it. Uh, You know, I am the, I'm the vehicle to get these stories out. Just like I was the vehicle to set the tone for the match. I'm the vehicle to help the superstars with their journey, getting it out and doing it in such a way that again, like I said, it, it becomes very inspiring with no judgment. And I think 
more than anything, I want people to learn about that. I want people to stop judging each other, to learn how somebody can really tell you what it is that they've gone through in their life and you can actively listen and then you can be like inspired by it instead of like, oh, well, you know, being kind <laughs> of weird about it or whatever. Um, just being like, wow, okay, that's crazy that you went through that or, you know, and then you can relate it to your, to your own life. But that that's, yeah, that's very well said. Well, thanks. You said vehicle, which made me think I, I was, I was watching your show on the network and I thought this is a great, I was, I was compelled. It felt like it fit on the big screen and everything like that, but it really hasn't changed much since before the network, right? I mean, what has your relationship right. been working with the people at WWE for this time around? Has it been pretty, pretty seamless? Yeah. Well, when they reached out to us and we had the meeting and my initial, like when they reached out, I was like, oh my God, I would love nothing more than, the, than to come home and bring this to the network. But I also was like, oh, but I do not want Chasing Glory to change because there's something very magical here. And people like over 7 million downloads, it tells you it's very successful. People are loving what they're hearing or seeing, right? Because I took it to video uh, after the 100th episode. And so I, uh, back to video, I should say, because I started in video, but I put it back to video. And so when the WWE approached, we said, they said, look, we want you to still produce this. We want you with your own crew. We do not want this to be WWE Productions. And we want people to know that. This is 100% Chasing Glory Productions. We still do the interview. We set up our own cameras. We set up our own, uh, the, the whole backdrop, everything that you see on there is us bringing it in. And then we will take the show, we will put it all together, edit it, all of it, you know, with the bio, with the intro, all of that. And then we just turn it into WWE and then they put it up on their network. So I think it's important for people to see, and that's why you haven't seen a big change. It's because now it's going to get to a massive audience and a lot of people are seeing it for the very first time. But we didn't want to change the formula that's been working. We want to go ahead and just amplify it to a larger audience. And it's been extremely well received. And I appreciate it. And I want to use this opportunity just to say thank you to the WWE universe that is receiving this and just spreading it to, to everybody. Um, well, listen, I'm going to let you get out of here. Uh, let people go listen to this show, go watch the show on the network right now. You said uh, Cesaro is on the most recent episode. Is that so right? Cesaro is the most recent episode. We've had four up there already. Uh, it's on the free version of the WWE network. Oh, so yeah. it's absolutely free. And I think that's so important because, again, we talk about a lot of stuff with even mental health that should be mm -hmm. received and, and be able to be a, a, where everybody can receive it for free. And then for past episodes, you can always go. Also, we have the Chasing Glory app. You can listen to the podcast if you are one of those that listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. I meant to say, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people listening to this. When I you, the, 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 everything you talk about is important, but when you talk about some mental health stuff, I mean that is really meaningful. I think to a lot of the people that are just, I mean, fans out there. Yeah. Um, but what? But so Cesaro's up now. You mentioned Shotzi Blackheart next week. Are there any other spoilers you can give us? What kinds of things can we be looking forward to in, at the, in the let's say in the new year for Chasing yeah. Glory? Well, there's a lot of variety that we like to do, and I like to touch on you know SmackDown and Raw and, and NXT, and let's not forget NXT because they're amazing and what's happening there. And uh, you know between the men and the women and all uh, for 2021. It's going to be exciting in the fact that Chasing Glory is, is just going to keep growing. And we're always wanting to be like, okay, what, what can we do? What can we pivot? What can we you know, bring on and add on? And 
And I think it's going to be one of these things where you're going to get more than just one episode a week. Uh, it could be it, not necessarily on the WWE Network, but in other locations. So we're working on all of that. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Elaine. Thank um, you. Thank you for coming on. Everybody's going to watch the show on the network. I mean, I'm sure everybody's already seen it, but but um, if you haven't, please check it out. Check out the old episodes. There is so much, so much uh, to be learned, you know, to, to kind of experience with the show. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to your listeners. One more thing before you get out of here. I hate to ask, yeah. but can you say The Masked Man Show? Can you announce us? Can you say ah. like, welcome to The Masked Man Show just for the audience? Absolutely. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia from the WWE, also the PFL cage announcer, and of course, Chasing Glory podcast. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. Thank you to Lillian Garcia. Everybody, check out Chasing Glory. Uh, it was a pleasure to have her on the show. But uh, Greg, who's still here, before we get out of here, I just, there's one last news bite that I that just popped up. We got to talk about this. There was a rumor that Aster Black, after Zelina Vega got fired, they're married, of course we know, that he asked me to move back to NXT. And according to Meltzer, the quote is, that's basically true as far as smoke and fire, but not exactly true. He didn't directly huh? ask to get turned to, to get moved down, but he did float the idea and nobody seemed interested when he did so. <laughs> Which is even worse than why yeah. he get moved down. Oh, my God. Duh. Oh, man. Well, anyway, Alistair Black is... Is a hostage now. <laughs> Alistair Black is one of the easiest, most sure things talents that they have had and so and i know we've said this a million times but man it is not hard to book alistair black to the top of the card it's just not complicated like oh, and the an fact that he, it's to get a guy who has the cred of a undertaker you know whatever who, who can be the sort of larger than life force or whatever but also just like every hardcore fan loves him i mean it's just man it's just wild he's got everything and it all fits together in a package Put him back in NXT. Let Hunter have fun with him. Uh, or do what I mean, it's just... Or let him kick Undertaker's head off if you're going to keep him up on the main roster. He's on SmackDown. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Maybe they'll fight over the fifth spot on the Survivor Series roster, and then we'll, uh, we'll all be shocked at that setup. Anyway, do it. Uh, Greg, thank you for doing this. Yo, thanks for having me. To my babyface producer, John, thank you for doing this. Oh, uh, I would say apologies to John Moxley, but no, congratulations. Congratulations. To John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Get well soon, Kaz. Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 